This morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat, presented by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. A little gambling is fun when you're with me. Good morning, everyone. It is 644 this Friday morning. And would you lump the first Heritage Classic here in Edmonton along with the 72 Summit Series? Ooh. I've seen websites that do it. Uh, I would say no, because no? it's not on a national scale. That, locally, maybe, but eh, not quite. But wouldn't you Wouldn't you call the Heritage Classic maybe a continental scale? Because all around, it affected the entire continent, the people who love hockey. Right? I don't think we need to make comparisons. We can simply accept that it has its own special place in history. What do you think of that? Yes, let's do it. And to talk <laughs> about the history of this game, Craig Baird from the Canadian History X podcast joins us in studio. Good morning. Great. I got to turn your microphone on. Oh, there you go. You're good morning. Just, you're, just, you're so good at this radio thing, you're going to turn your own microphone on. Uh, where, where does this thing sit in, in, in history? What do you think? What, what is its place? Well, I think it has a very important place in our history. I wouldn't say with the Summit Series because that was a kind of a defining moment in Canadian uh -huh. history for a lot of people. But I would say in terms of hockey history, it definitely ranks up there as something that really stands out and was very innovative. So... Who came up with this idea of an outdoor game? I know, you, you know, a lot of kids spent a lot of winters playing uh, hockey on, on a pond somewhere. Outdoor game, uh, who thought of it? Well, it was really the Edmonton Oilers that came up with it. And part of the reason was we wanted to celebrate the uh, 25th anniversary of Edmonton joining the NHL in 1979 and then the 20th anniversary of winning the Stanley Cup in 1984. And... But obviously, it wasn't the first outdoor game. There was one that was actually held with the Detroit Red Wings in the 1950s at a prison. And then 1991 in Las Vegas, the New York Rangers and the Los Angeles Kings played at Caesars Palace. But uh, a regular season game had never been attempted. And so Edmonton really stood out with that. And actually, really cool ideas were put forward, like having it at the Big Lake in St. Albert or on the North Saskatchewan River, wow. which it would have been wild to see a hockey game played on the river. But obviously, logistically, how would you sell? tickets, that kind of thing. It didn't pan out, so they obviously How did. would you rescue them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How would you rescue them? <laughs> There's that. Yeah. Uh, so Insurance obviously they issues. didn't. But yeah, it kinda, and then originally it was going to be the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers playing, mm -hmm. as we were going to see on Sunday. But because it was this very innovative, one-of-a-kind event, they thought maybe we should do something that was kind of nationwide. And Montreal expressed an interest, so they decided to go with Montreal, and then Wayne Gretzky and Guy Lafleur were on board, and, and from there it kind of just... It went from there. You know what made me laugh is back in the day, and I remember, I remember as all the hype was coming up on this, I saw more people excited about the, uh, the, 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 call it the old timers game, if you like, more excited about seeing Wayne Gretzky on the ice again, or seeing some of the other stars of glory years and taking on the glory stars of the Montreal Canadiens. Was it, was that a fair assessment? There was almost more excitement about that? I would say so. I mean, I, I watched the game from home, and I was excited just to see, you know, Wayne Gretzky probably, I think, in the first time since winning the Cup in 88, was wearing an Oilers jersey mm. on the ice. And so mm -hmm. that was, for me, to see all these players together playing. I was born in 1980, but I was, you know, too young to really see the dynasty. So being able to see the players playing together, that was really cool, for sure. All right, take us to that day, then. Well, on that day... 
they were worried about ticket sales and and how that would go, but they sold out very quickly. And an hour and a half before the Megastars game, there was 40,000 people in the stands already, and they were ready to watch this game. So the Oilers had their dynasty of 1980s, and the Montreal Canadiens had their 1970s dynasty with a few players from 1986 and 1993. And one really cool fact is that Mark Messier was still playing in the NHL when he played in that Megastars game, and he got special permission to suit up for the Oilers and, mm. and play in that but the only condition was he had to wear a helmet. So he was the only person on the ice actually wearing a helmet for that game. And uh, they consisted of two 15-minute halves. And one kind of funny thing about it is when we think of the Oilers and even the Canadians, we think of these high-scoring games, but that game ended 2-0, and the people who scored were Marty McSorley and Kenny Linsman, <laughs> which is wild when you think that Gretzky was only four years away from retirement, Mark Messe was still playing, Yari Curry, but it was two people who generally weren't known for scoring a lot of goals who ended up scoring the the two goals of that game and obviously like you said it was a huge event that a lot of people that was what they were there for uh taylor hall who was 12 years old and he was actually at that game uh took a day off from calgary playing a game so he could come up here just to watch yeah. the the oilers play uh hockey was certainly the focus point weather was the focal point oh, the weather 100%. was there are now stories, I survived the Heritage Classic of 03, right? Oh, yeah, minus 30. I mean, I watched from home, so I was nice and warm, but I remember hearing that there was heaters behind the bench keeping everybody warm, and people in the stands are bundled up and sitting there for hours on end, but minus 30 degrees, I don't think anybody was expecting it to be that cold. <laughs> Jose Theodore wearing a toque. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. which is now in the Hall of Fame as well, which is, is really it? cool. Yeah, yeah. The toque is? It is, yeah. And, and are you allowed to wear that? On the ice? Uh, I think you can because it kind of uh, went back to the old days when goalies would wear toques. And uh, I think it was just this really cool image from the game that I think it has happened since. Goalies will sometimes wear it kind of as an homage to it. But uh, it was just this cool callback to early days of hockey. That is very cool. There's so many times that uh, that uh, you can hear old sports guys or women talking about that game and sort of the sports historians. But then you get into the Canada Canadian History X, and now you're jumping in on this as well because it is a part of, of history. So I guess it's trying to figure out the perspective of where it sits in our national history. Well, I think in terms of our national history, it's just it's this way to look back at, at how hockey used to be played. I mean people growing up before especially minor hockey they were learning to play on ponds and and outside or Wayne Gretzky in his backyard rink so in terms of that and what it started the NHL was very much not super in favor of this game because they were worried Mm. about being embarrassed and it wasn't going to go well and now they at least in my opinion are like almost going overboard with their amount of outdoor games that they play Uh, so it's this landmark moment that really kind of changed the NHL in many ways. It probably maybe got a lot of people interested in the NHL, especially in the United States, where they could go to a, a stadium and actually see the game. And in terms of like ranking where it was in any kind of Canadian history and where it stands out, I wouldn't put it up at like the Canada Cup in 87 or the 1972 Summit Series, but I would say definitely probably in the top five, top ten uh, hockey events in Canadian history, without a doubt. Wow. Nationally. Here, woo we're number one. <laughs> 
Love that. Uh, we're running out of time, but any other quick behind-the-scenes little things, little tidbits that we can, while we're sitting, waiting for the game to start, we can uh, talk to our, uh, our our seatmates about? Well, uh, in the NHL game, the Canadians won 4-3. Steve Steos had three points with a goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. And the game actually still ranks 16th among NHL games in terms of attendance and is still the number one game in Canadian history, uh, at least played in Canada outdoors. And yeah, it was just this big event, and obviously one really funny thing is that Sean Majumber, member of the Sours 22 Minutes, snuck yeah. on to get his picture taken with the group on the ice, which was just kind of a cool little tidbit at the end of the f- the end of the whole thing. <laughs> like the team photo, and he sneaks in. Ah! Yeah. Did, did, did he get tackled by security? No. No, he got it in the picture. We got in a little bit of trouble. All right. Perfect. And no, we didn't need to go into the, uh, the, the streaker. Everyone remembers <laughs> about the streaker, right? No, you just reminded me, actually. I forgot about it. Craig Craig Baird, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate (laughs) your knowledge. Host of Canadian History X and From Justin to John Podcasts.